Season 2, episode 17, Roberto Salazar, Latin and Ancient Greek. This is the Actual Fluency Podcast, helping you become a better language learner by providing motivating weekly inspiration, as well as top tips and tricks from expert guests. And now, your host, Chris Broholm. All right, everyone, we're back with another Actual Fluency Podcast episode. And on this episode, I'm joined by my good friend, Roberto Salazar. And as you may remember, Roberto was on the podcast a few weeks ago talking about his own personal language learning story. And if you're interested about Roberto's backstory, go back and listen to that episode before you listen to this one, as there'll be some uh, some important backstory there. But today the topic is about Latin. And Latin has sort of seen a little bit of a resurgence recently, and we're going to talk much more about that in this episode. And uh, I guess first order of business is, Roberto, how are you doing? Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm great. Fantastic. Melting, absolutely melting. It's like yeah. <laughs> 35 degrees in Budapest and yeah. <laughs> Here's a little bit better, but still, yeah. I'm waiting for the for autumn or winter or, or whatever or the ice age to come ice back. Age. <laughs> yeah. They're actually talking about that, aren't they? Like the next yeah, 10 yeah, years yeah. or so, mini That's... ice age. That would be nice. But anyway, uh, going back to uh, Latin here, yep. without you know retelling your entire story from last episode, can you just sure. t- let us know when you got introduced to Latin and when you sort of found out about it? Yeah, sure. Well, I, actually, I had, um, I mean, Latin is one of the languages I've been aware of for the long, longest time in my life. I mean, I was uh, when I was a kid, so um, I was so I was studying at the French school in Colombia, and I had a friend. Who, who was studying Latin. She was older than I was. And um, she spoke about it all the time. And she told me, yeah, I love Latin. I'm studying Latin. I have a, I have a private teacher. And I, and I tried to convince my mother to, to pay for, for private lessons. But I, it didn't work. <laughs> so I, I was really frustrated because at the time I, I was um, like fascinated by, um, by, by everything that had to do with the Roman world and also the Greek world. I mean, it was like I, I would I would have loved to learn Latin and Greek when I was like five or six, and I had um, a Larousse dictionary. And in the Larousse dictionary, you had like it's an illustrated dictionary, so you have uh, you had like a list of uh, Greek things, and among them was um, the Greek alphabet. So I, I just learned the names of the letters and 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 expected hoped for something to happen, which never did. Uh, and then finally, when I got to the opportunity of studying it in, in, in high school, I didn't because I chose German. So actually I had like dreamt, I, I, I dreamt about it. I had, I had dreamed about it. I had, uh, I had, uh, wanted to study for a long time, but it didn't happen until I came to France. And then I decided to make it, I mean, my specialty. So I started uh, studying uh, Latin and Greek uh, at what we call here uh, Nicole Prépa. And that was, I I really studied it really intensively in a very scholarly way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started loving it. I mean, it was everything I I had hoped for. (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. A lot of times you hear about these language dreams and uh, when they come to fruition, sometimes they're not as, uh, as you dreamt them. Yeah, but I mean, it's like I think you can't you can never be disappointed with uh, either Latin or Greek. It's just too big. Too it's it's a huge universe. You can get anything from from it. 
So just taking a quick break here to have a quick message from one of our sponsors, The Mellow Method. When we come back, I really want to hear about why we should learn Latin or ancient Greek in the first place. Mellow Method is the learning revolution since 1995. Now you can make your dream of living your passion for languages real. Do you want a method that really teaches you a language? What if you could have your own school and get success teaching your students perfect lessons, 100% focused on conversation? Even if you have no experience, Mellow Method will work where other methods can't. With Mellow Method, you will overcome the speaking barrier from lesson one. Jimmy Mello, the Brazilian polyglot, has created the best method to teach any foreign language. It's now available in 11 languages from English to Spanish and Brazilian Portuguese, including Mandarin and Polish. Be a polyglot with Mellow Method. Access right now www.mellowmethod.com and reach your goals with Mellow Method, the best method ever created to teach and learn any language. But let's get into that a little bit because yeah. starting out, yeah. would you equate their usefulness and there's what they provide to you as a person on the same level or that different advantages for each just before we get oh, into that? That's a very complicated question because, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear like it. For me, and in and, and different countries like France or Germany, you, you usually study both together mm -hmm. in a either classics as a classics major or minor or whatever it is you always learn both things because uh, although the languages aren't that close or uh, being in the european and, and and stuff they aren't that close they're two separate language families they share a common culture so uh, every time i mean the the romans learned latin almost anybody who was um any anybody in, in rome had to learn latin uh, sorry greek and uh, so the cultures are very similar they're very different as well, but very similar and connected historically. So when you learn Greek and Latin together, you get like um, like a complete view of uh, Western and a part of Eastern uh, antiquity. I mean, the ancient times, uh, which uh, basically gave us um, uh, like a huge part of, of, of European culture. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, both are very different languages. And the Greeks and the Romans were completely different people. So, uh, and the languages have absolutely different fields. Um, so why 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 learn those languages? I mean, for me, it was just like a magical thing. I was uh, fascinated. I loved it. Uh, it was. They're both very complex languages. I mean, the, the they were the most complex I had studied until then, and maybe still remain the most complex I've ever studied because they're very rich and there's a lot of cases, a lot of uh, features uh, that do not exist in in, in some of the major uh, European languages of uh, alive today. Um, but, uh, and they can, they can also have, like, they can be useful if you want, but I don't, the problem with Latin and Greek is you usually get, like, that, uh, as you said, that uh, that question from people why on earth why do you do that and why should i learn latin and the problem is that is that everybody who who has studied latin or greek is tempted tempted to say uh actually they're useless languages and that's one of the reasons why you should study them because <laughs> yeah because like 
either because there are languages of beauty and literature and culture and culture is a means in itself and it shouldn't be reduced to like socio socioeconomic factors or or money or whatever because you can you can earn a lot of money with uh, I don't know English or Italian or Chinese but it's harder to to earn money from Latin although I have earned not a lot of money but some money from Latin besides uh, I mean teaching right of uh, yeah uh, but um, but it could it can be useful I mean people say often say Latin is very important and you should study Latin because it will help you learn uh, Romance languages and you could say the same thing for, uh, uh, for Greek you should study ancient Greek as a kid uh, to help you learn modern greek later of course there's it's uh, i mean the ratio is not the same where if you learn if you according to this theory if you learn latin you'll be able to discover like 10 or 12 languages uh, with the dialects more even more whereas greek will allow you to learn one language which is the thing we call modern greek although it's more or less the same it's just the same language that has evolved and maybe two or three dialects that are almost dead and uh, three different parts of the world, uh, which are also Greek dialects, but not the same as uh, main the main branch of modern Greek, and um, uh, and so so yeah sure if you learn Latin you can it can help you a lot it's like the same thing that uh, the Esperanto community says about Esperanto Esperanto will help you with French and Spanish and other languages uh, of course Latin of course I think uh, if you want Esperanto to help you with your Spanish you really need to learn Esperanto well speak it well. Because if you just like dabble a little bit in, in Esperanto and then try to learn Spanish, it will not work. You will just have maybe you will you would have learned like two words, and it will help you because the words will be the same, will be the same in, in Spanish. But uh, the same thing goes for uh, Latin. You have to really get a good level, like good basis, in order for that to help you a lot with um, with your languages. And of course, when once you've studied a lot of uh, of Latin and you know grammar and you're more or less independent with it, with an ancient text, uh, an easier, uh, the, the easiest ones, for example. Uh, well, you will know a lot of vocabulary, and it will help you indeed with French and Spanish and uh, Portuguese. And uh, of course, as you learn a lot of Greek roots through Latin with Greek as well, mm -hmm. and uh, amazingly enough, with English, because because you know English is a Germanic language with a lot of French words, but with a lot of Latin words that didn't come through French as well. And there are a lot of words, uh, when you speak, for example, French and you want to learn English, there are a lot of words uh, of Latin roots that do not have that meaning in French, which are, I mean, the Latin meaning in French, but that, they, but that do have that meaning in English. So that, that helped me a lot, for example, uh, when I was learning Latin, because I learned English first and I already like more or less mastered the language when I had mastered language when I started Latin. Uh, a lot of the English words helped me understand Latin. But had I really studied a lot of Latin before that, um, it would have been easier for me to understand all the Latinate, very complicated, very pretentious words <laughs> in English. You know, like preposterous, pompous, mm -hmm. uh, and so on. But isn't there isn't there a bit of a problem with? learning Latin in general is that it's quite difficult. Like the sort of vocabulary is, you know, what it is, is a vocabulary. Yeah. But the grammar from my brief stint in Latin about <laughs> uh, one semester, so it's quite brief. But from what I could tell, it was sort of, 
quite difficult? It is. I mean, it's not as, uh, I wouldn't say it's difficult as much as it is um, uh, complex. Doesn't mean that uh, you have to, I mean, I would, I would say that, for example, uh, uh, Turkish grammar is easier to understand. But, uh, and it is very complex. But Latin grammar, although it's difficult to understand, it's easier to read for, for like, for a, a normal European citizen who speaks either, I don't know, Danish or Swedish or Spanish or German. Mm-hmm. It's easier to, to learn Latin than uh, Turkish because you can get to understand the language easy, more, easy, more easily. And I think one of the problems is that it's not really well taught. And um, you don't have it for long either. Like I said, I had it for six yeah. months in in high school, and right. that's right. not going to teach you anything, really. No, of course not. Of course not. And that's one of the problems right now here in in, in France. There's um, uh, a reform going on, uh, and Latin and Greek are slowly disappearing from our curriculum. So, so we so the problem is that uh, we are keeping to the basics. Uh, we're learning like a little bit of etymology, a couple of words here and there. And uh, although the argument for keeping up with Latin, for studying Latin in uh, high school or uh, in, uh, we, I mean, here in, in France, you can start, uh, you can study it for, I mean, in, in school for at least, uh, I think, three years and you can study six or seven years uh, as a whole. And... Um, so, but the problem is that now we just want to keep to the basis and uh, to the basics, and then um, try to, while at the same time uh, saying that it's important uh, to learn Latin words in order to to be better in English or in French or in Spanish or whatever. Although we're not really learning the language, and the problem is that uh, even though even if you study it for five or six or seven years, like it's often the case here in in, in France. Um, that doesn't mean you're going to really get to master the language because um, the way it's taught uh, gives you no independence at all. I mean, that's not the the same in Germany, I I guess. In Germany, people uh, have better methods, I think, or in the United Kingdom or or even even in in the States. But in France, the problem is we're dependent dependent on our dictionaries. We're always translating like literary texts and never uh, worrying about basic communication skills Uh because it's a dead language. So we we don't think, well, I do, but people in general in France and teachers, and that's an old tradition, a really old tradition that's been going on for at least 70 years and maybe more, maybe 100, 200 years. So people think that it's impossible nowadays. It's impossible to learn to read Latin because Latin is too hard. So we're just going to learn a couple of words. Uh, we're going to learn the grammar, and then we're going to try and translate the. We're going to uh, yeah try and translate some texts with the dictionary in l- some limited time, and then you will say I know Latin. Uh-huh. But that that never that that wouldn't work. I mean, if you if you told uh, a student, okay, German is impossible to learn. Now what we're going to do is you're going to learn a little bit of vocabulary, you're going to learn the grammar, now take your dictionary and translate Goethe or translate, uh, I don't know, uh, Dublin or a very, very hard uh, writer. It wouldn't have any sense. It wouldn't really ma- make any sense and people would never learn. Yeah, that's preposterous, right? You, wouldn't, yeah. you would never imagine doing that with any other language. 
Except but that's I guess it's just because of the dead status. Um, yeah. But what I, w- I wanted to just uh, quickly refocus on yeah, sorry. people talking, you know, when people are listening to this, I assume they're like language learners. They want to learn a lot of languages yeah. or maybe just one language really well. What I'm yeah. really curious about is the is the investment into taking let's say i mean how long would it take i don't know i hate this kind of question anyway yeah. but let's let's take it would take you a year to get a really solid grasp in latin focusing on it as your main study yeah maybe it will take longer maybe it'll take i don't know three months if you're benny lewis i don't know <laughs> but yeah. um would the investment be worth it compared to just spending that time on your target language or other target languages would you say that the the educational value and the value you can bring to learning new languages is great enough that it's worth doing because you say that we need a really good level of latin to be able to enjoy the benefits of it or at least the full benefits of it but would you then advise people to learn latin you know the aspiring polyglots out there who like i want to learn 10 languages and i'm on my second or something what what do you what do you think about that well, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's a good, a very good investment because, uh, for one thing, it's hard. So you have to make some efforts. It's more or less like Russian, but if you were, if you, if you're coming from, uh, English or, uh, a Romans language or even from, from German, uh, it's not going to be as hard as, as Russian because of the words, because of vocabulary, whereas a Slavic language is going to be harder. You're going to have to memorize a lot of things. And Russian grammar is really complicated. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, Latin may or may not be more complicated than Russian or the other way around. I'm, I'm not sure. Both, both are really complex. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but the thing is, um, uh, it all depends on what you want to achieve and you want to, what you want to get from that, those languages. Of course, Latin is a language that's, more interesting uh, for people who like things like literature or are inter- interested in history or uh, philosophy or even even sciences because it, it can help you understand better what whatever it is you do in those fields and it, it has a lot of uh, very good touristic value because you can always read in uh, at least in Europe all the inscriptions all around the cities so you will be really if you have a date and you wanna you wanna impress this person, you just walk around this, uh, for example, Berlin or Paris, reading all the Latin inscriptions and be very 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 amazing uh, while doing it. But um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think it's it, it depends. I, I think it's it's a matter it's a matter of time. I mean, one year would be enough to to have a general grasp of language. I think, uh, of course, not all the subtleties, but a general grasp if you study latin let's say you study only latin or latin and a second language that would be enough to have a, a general grasp of course then would come like the rote or not rote vocabulary learning as in every language but uh the thing is and especially again if you come if you're coming from latin uh from latin languages or english uh vocabulary will not be a problem right and you will be able to guess uh, a lot of different things for, because the the structure is closer is is close to that of uh, of uh, some other languages and the vocabulary is more or less the same and um once you've achieved a good level not necessarily a very good an excellent level or a good level it will 
actually empower you. That's that's one of one of the amazing things about learning languages that are mother languages of other different of, of a whole family, for example. Is that uh, the thing is when you learn uh, Latin roots and not only roots and roots with the language and in the language, uh, then you get a, a deeper grasp of uh, the meaning of those uh, Latin roots in all the languages you're learning, and you get a better grasp of um, construction patterns uh, and structural patterns in in the Romans languages, for example. You know what you get to know to understand perfectly why a prefix should have this meaning why um why 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 a word evolved from this meaning to that other meaning so it really gives you a sort of power over language mm -hmm. and it, it allows you to 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 understand language in a, at a deeper level cool. i would say and that happens with uh, latin and greek and uh it could happen as well with sanskrit Uh, which is also a very interesting language, older than Latin and Greek, more complex, uh, and which could be also really useful when you're studying like Indian languages. But um, but yeah, yeah, I think that that's important thing that Latin gives you um, as a kind of depth that only a language that's two uh, thousand years old can give you, and that that's that's the amazing thing. The other amazing thing is that you will never run out of materials to read. <laughs> that's Uh, if you want to practice, go ahead. I mean, there's a lot of different things for all levels, written at all different times. And there's people who still write in Latin today. Hmm. I've so seen the always... Harry Potter books in Latin. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very, that's very fun. That's, that's really fun. Did you read them in Latin? I haven't read them in Latin because I'm, well, I, I used to, I, I read like, I liked, I read like the first two books uh, a long time, a long time ago. But uh, I didn't. I, I just stopped liking them. So I didn't. Wait, wait a second, sorry. Uh, so I didn't. I didn't go. I didn't go for that. But I would love to read them because I think it's. Uh, it can be very helpful for me as well, uh, being as um, it's. Um, they're written in a very, in a more, like in a simpler language. Mm -hmm. Well, it's very interesting anyway. And one other thing that I've noticed, and why I said there was a bit of a a rise in popularity lately with Latin is because I heard about the, well, not only the books that you're talking about, you know, they're, yeah. they're actually being written books. I read one of my friends had a great book. Um, it was a Latin professor from England who yeah. wrote a book where he translated really trendy English sayings yeah. into Latin. So like, Yeah, nice ass. <laughs> you, <laughs> you look great in that, or you know, some stupid phrases like that. Um, and they were quite popular. And you know, it's like a book you can put in your toilet or something to read while yeah. you're in there. But at, at the end of the day, it shows that there is some kind of in, renewed interest. And I always hear about Absolutely. it in the polyglot community. I hear about people yeah. speaking about Latin and also talking about learning it. And yeah. I know you also saw talk speak latin yes and i guess that's a very important distinction to make is that most people don't learn to speak latin which you pointed out a few minutes ago but that's what they're trying to do now right isn't it the sort of yeah yeah and, can you tell us a little bit about the opportunities to actually speak latin right now sure sure there's a lot of things i mean latin is a language that uh i mean contrary to what uh every everybody believes it's a language that's never actually died i mean of course there's um no or almost 
no uh, native speakers of Latin today, but they were there were for a long time. I mean, I I guess early into the um, to the early twentieth century, there would have been a couple of families where uh, children grew up speaking Latin. It was very limited, but it it was still practiced at, at some point. And uh, it's a language that has never been uh, has has always been uh, spoken in a very in a more like more um, educated way. Of course, it's not uh, you wouldn't go buy uh, uh, groceries in Latin today, although you could, but um, that doesn't happen. But still, it's a language that's practiced as a spoken one, and um, I think that's the best method. And I was I was. Uh, telling you earlier that I I so I did my very basic I like the first steps I, I made in, in Latin were uh, in a very classical very French uh, following I mean very French steps according to a method that's really only written stuff and reading and learning grammar and memorizing vocabulary lists and stuff and um, but uh, the moment I started really uh, making progress was when I met a guy, an American actually, who uh, who now leads uh, a very interesting institute uh, uh, for which promotes uh, spoken ancient languages, and this guy um, organized uh, a spoken Latin seminar uh, at our school, at our university in here in Paris, and so we we uh, I came every I think it was every Monday to the school. Uh, we met, uh, we're a group, there were maybe 10 of us, and we read Latin texts in Latin, and we tried to speak, and we tried to, to paraphrase uh, complex texts and build to build easy sentences from complicated sentences, and um, that helped a lot. And then slowly I became uh, more and more convinced that you had to speak Latin, to really master it, of course, it's not it's not really a must, but it's better if you if you start Latin through the spoken method, uh, you will get like a more intuitive approach to it, and you will be reading it uh, maybe not in no time, but uh, really faster than than you would have if you just kept to to grammar and 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 books and today so uh, as for the opportunities of speaking latin there are a lot of things um in i would say in almost every country there's um i have a friend who is the uh, director of the latin circle of paris and there's a lot of different latin circles all around the world there's uh at least 10 in italy uh, like four in Spain, there's I think two in in France. There's one in Belgium. Uh, there, there used to be one in Colombia, and there are a lot of different uh, Latin circles in in the United States, in England, and so these are are very informal uh, circles where people meet to to just practice the Latin skills and they they communicate um, in Latin all the time. And there's also a list, a mailing list I'm a part of. I don't write that often, but I receive emails in Latin almost every day. And it, there's a le at least 150 people reading that every day. So it's not a huge community, but it's an important community anyway. And for the last like 
20, 20 years, um, this, uh, there's been like a, a second or, a, yeah, I would say a second Latin revolution, uh, which was has been led by uh, people in Belgium and in Italy. And now there are a couple of uh, schools where everything's done in Latin and Greek and you can learn Latin and Greek in Latin and Greek. You can study literature in Latin and Greek and study history wow. in Latin and Greek. So in, and that really helps a lot. And when you see these guys, these guys are amazing, and they have a level of uh, ancient in ancient languages that can be matched by almost anybody. They're really good, mm-hmm. and that so they, these people uh, make the impossible possible. They can just read ancient texts with no problems, things that appear absolutely impossible for anybody. But uh, as the the director of this uh, Italian school, uh, whose, um, whose name is uh, uh, Luigi Miralia, uh, once put it, it's why, why, why should Latin be more complicated than German? And how, how come that, how come people can learn more or less fluent German in three years at the Goethe Institute or, or whatever? And, and and not Latin. How, how come that? How come people do that? And how come people study for six, seven, eight years Latin and Greek and are not even able to to decipher uh, a simple text? And so it's just a matter of method. It's just you have to speak it. You have to use it. You have to put it in context. You have to learn how to build the structures intimately because the language is not just. Um, yeah, you know, one of the arguments of people defending Latin all the time is that it's a very rational language. And I think people confuse uh, cases and uh, grammatical com- grammatical complexity with uh, with reason. Uh, it, it doesn't have anything to do with rational thought. It's just cases. They're not more rational. They're more rational than uh, than analytic languages. But uh, the, the the Latin is not more intellectual or more rational than other languages. It's just, it's if if not, it's just a language that should be spoken and felt. So it's not a, a matter of reason. It's more a matter of of uh, of a felt experience. Right. And if you get that felt experience from Latin and Greek, then you will be able to to get everything from them. And there will be and there's a lot of things to get from that that culture. Cool. And uh, yeah. what about pronunciation? Because yeah, I guess there are no tape recordings from ancient Rome. No, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately not. <laughs> listen to For- how people actually spoke. So, how did how did you or how did the Latin speakers of today come up with the pronunciation yeah. that they they have? So that's that's like the tragedy of my life. I think if <laughs> really, I I swear, if I if I could just have one wish, well maybe maybe not, but yeah, I, I think what. If I could really get something, because I don't, I don't care. I mean, money. Maybe I can get some money. I can survive with what I have. It's not much, but um, that wouldn't be the thing I would ask. I would ask to go there to be uh, both in Athens in the fifth century BC and in Rome in the first century BC and listen to people and listen to how they spoke and just have a tape recorder or uh, I don't know, uh, my phone, and just record them speaking and just keep that and learn to speak with them and, ha- and, and learn how they spoke because that's a matter of debate and it has never stopped. I mean, everybody talks, talks about it uh, all the time and um, in academic circles. And yeah, well, we have a pretty good idea of what it was. Is, it uh, a, depending is, there on... agreed, is there an agreed standard or is it different if you're a Latin speaker from 
America or France or mm. Italy? No, there is an agreed standard, but that doesn't mean you have to use it. I mean, there is an agreed reconstructed pronunciation. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's it's more or less like, it's not more or less like Esperanto. I, I mean, everybody speaks it more or less with their accent. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But um, but actually, uh, but actually, the thing is, uh, so everybody speaks it with with their accent. But um, there is uh, an official reconstructed pronunciation that has been reconstructed through scientific uh, method. I mean, uh, by looking at books where the Latin, the the Romans uh, told us how they pronounced in a very rust. I mean, it's a very, it's not very linguistically significant because it's it's hard to know what they meant. When they say like R, the R is pronounced like the the noise made by a dog, by a snarling dog. Yeah, so it can be almost anything. Yeah, but we have a pretty good idea of what it was, and then uh, the evolution. I mean, the historical historical phonetics allow us to to deduce uh, more or less what it would have been uh, from comparisons between uh, modern languages. I mean, we know that. Uh, this pronunciation of C in Spanish corresponds to this pronunciation of C in in French and Italian, and that means that it must have been pronounced uh, uh, as a as as a, as this phoneme. And then you have like uh, documents written by people at the time, and then you have all the the mistakes they could have made. Um, for example, a, a good source is are, are all the graffiti uh, left by the Romans in. Uh, Pompey and and other um, uh, ancient cities, where you see uh, how uh, the 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 lower classes uh, who didn't have access to a very good education would write some uh, some of the words. So then, from the spelling mistakes, you can uh, more or less uh, know how what 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 the sound was like. Pretty fascinating. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, that's 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 what I'm talking about. It's it's absolutely fascinating, and it's a it's an incredible world, uh, world, and it's uh, incredibly close to us, and also inc incredibly far from our our, our reality. So that's one of the reasons, you know, that's one of the reasons Latin is so in so interesting, and maybe much more interesting for European people, uh, non-Greek European people, uh, than than Greek, because. Um, there are a lot of words uh, that mean a lot of different things for us. And then we, when we look at the, the original meaning of those words, it's fascinating to see how they've changed and um, to what they refer, what, what they referred to uh, in like 2000 years ago. And sometimes to see that the words have, have, have had absolutely no change in 2,500 years or something. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. Well, yeah. And in Greek, it's, it's even worse because, uh, uh, for to a to a like to a Roman ear, like a French ear or a or a Spanish ear, uh, Greek words sound very sound really fancy, you know, like oh, very complex. Like metaphor, for example, metaphor in um, uh, in a, in in modern languages, it's a poetic figure. Uh, it's it's poetry. But if you go to Greece, metaphor means transport, transportation. Mm. So, and that's the same thing for all the words. In uh, of Greek origin because they they were so they belonged to uh, high to the higher culture of the time, so they were transmitted with this uh, feeling of uh, superiority, superiority. And now when you go, well, but it happens as well with modern Greek. But now when you go to Greece or when you learn ancient Greek, you see how um, those words that seem very 
uh, I don't know, pretentious to to us, are actually very plain words in another ancient language. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's really really cool. Cool. And now, I guess for the final uh, questions before we both uh, pass out from heat stroke, um, <laughs> if you know, people listening to this are probably like, okay, I'm so pumped. I love the sound of this. It sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm going to go learn Latin right now. What yeah. would be your top five tips for people who are going to go learn Latin right after yeah. this? Yeah, sure. Well, um, or the first thing would or be... three, whatever comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first thing would be to, well, stay motivated because it can be hard. Uh, it, not necessarily, but it can be hard. Uh, you really have to get good materials and you have to get materials that are not only uh, directed to people who just want to read. So you will have to get a good grammar, uh, but not too complicated. Like in French, there's a lot of different uh, things. And in Amazon, you can just uh, look them up and there's a lot of, uh, of easier stuff uh, you can begin with. Uh, then... Um, so that's for the written part. And then you should have a book like uh, Conversational Latin for Oral Proficiency, which is a very good book. I don't remember the author, but it's Conversational Latin for Oral Proficiency. And, uh, well, uh, if you speak French or German or Italian, you can get uh, the ASIMO method, uh, of which there are two versions. Like in French, there's a, uh, an older version, which is really good, like the this, uh, it's called the Desessar method. Uh, it's an asimal one, but it was written by this Desessar, and which is really good. And then there's the other one, like 2005 uh, version, which is really not that good. It's a lot of mistakes in it, and um, it's been translated into German and Italian. And if you buy, it will be released again. Uh, the older version in French, uh, because the the other one wasn't that good, uh, in uh, in September this year. And my voice will be in it, so it's it's really cool. So if you want to listen to me speaking <laughs> speaking Latin, you can get that. But you can just get the book. I think you can download it from I don't know where you can find it. Um, no, of uh, course, get the full book set. Of course, but get the, yeah, get the CDs absolutely. as well. Get know? the CDs as well. Support yeah. the company. <laughs> exactly. No, but yeah, and then then now there's just so many different cool resources online like on youtube just look for uh latinum like latin with um at the end and there's a guy who for free just gives you a lot of tips uh reads text for you with a very good accent restore pronunciation and all and uh a very good uh, website would be uh, www uh, uh, dot, uh text kit textkit.com i think text kit and there you have hundreds of materials and if you just want to really, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the last thing would be do not only uh, use um, recent materials. Latin has been, and Greek as well, has been, have been taught for centuries. So uh, the better, like the best methods were written in the 16th, 17th century. And you just got to Google, Google some, Google that in Google books and look for like the works of Erasmus or the works of uh, Juan Luis Vives, uh, or just look for like um, Renaissance manuals and stuff. Some of them are translated, and it can really be of great help, and sometimes much better than uh, the, the uh, modern stuff, which is not that good, because people, I mean, uh, people like Erasmus had a, uh, an incredible mastery of, of Latin, whereas people today are really good, but not as good as he was. 
you know, he had studied Latin all his life. So that's not the same thing. So those, I, I would say like both written texts and uh, uh, oral approaches and then uh, a combination of modern scholarship and Renaissance or older books. That's that's like the winning the winning combination. Cool. And of course, mm. uh, you'll be at the various polyglot uh, gatherings around yeah. Europe. So if people want to practice some Latin or ask you questions about Latin, they can uh, yeah they can just come up and say uh, saluton or servus or whatever the word is. <laughs> it's it's as you can say like salve. Salve. So, Most people, a lot of people say salve because of the, again, this is one of the pronunciation changes, you know, V, V, U, it depends mm. on the country. Restore pronunciation would be salve. Uh, Italian pronunciation, ecclesiastical pronunciation would be salve. And, um, but yeah, that, and, and just look, look it up in your city, in your hometown. There must be, if, if you live in a pretty big city, you, there must be a Latin circle. So if you, you're interested in listening to it, in meeting people uh, who, who want to speak it, do it. And if, you're in, if, you, if you already speak Latin, but you, don't, you haven't found anybody to speak with, uh, try and create your own, um, your own Latin circle. Like go on Meetup and write something like Latin circle, I'm looking for people to practice my Latin. I mean, I think it's really good because um, one of the things... Um, uh, about Latin is that there's no like ideology or no no central central unique theme or thematic. Uh, people have very different expectations, and some people learn it because I once met a guy who who had just uh, uh, been learning uh, some something is it's my phone. Sorry. It's so unprofessional. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it was okay. part. It was not. It was not here. It was far from me, and it, it's just starting ring. It's okay. Uh, uh, the production value of the show is not that high. Anyway, I'm really so. sorry. No, but it it happens to very important people as well. So I would just say that, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so I'm such a I'm such a busy man that I couldn't I couldn't just not have my phone on me. <sighs> it always sorry. rings during recording too. Like it's probably hasn't rung for like eight hours, but now it goes off. That's what usually happens to me. I won't get a call for days, and then the hour I'm doing the recording, the, <laughs> it'll, it'll ring. So, yeah. But anyway, it's it's really cool to sort of get into this Latin, and I'm ho- yeah. I hope that we uh, answered some of people's questions and curiosities about Latin, and hopefully we can inspire some people to look into it. I, I know personally I so. that for me time is not right now for for Latin but sure I'm definitely not against the possibility of doing it in the future for sure right that would be great that would be great and <laughs> yeah no you you really yeah i mean i'm not i really oh and yeah i mean i just it's a very open it's a very open language it can take it can welcome anybody and uh, and you can it's not you can just learn it to the point uh, of your own satisfaction. I mean, it doesn't. If you just want to know some etymology, it's really good. If you wanna if you wanna speak Latin, it's really great. If you just wanna read it, you can do that too. Um, it, it's language that is so rich that you can just have very different goals. It's not just about communication. It's not just about traveling. It's not just about um, culture and it's not just about linguistics it can be 
a really good uh, tool for a lot of different things. It's not all or nothing, you mean. You don't have to become totally fluent to gain any right, benefit right. from it. Yeah, exactly. You, I mean, if you want to get fluent, that's my objective. I couldn't, I couldn't live without being fluent in Latin. <laughs> and I'm still not at a point where I can say like, I understand everything I read because it's a complex language and it's an old language and it changes a lot uh, um, in different, uh, according to different time times. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty up high up there. Uh, and uh, but there are a lot of people who just learn it for fun because they like uh, the challenge, because they like uh, cases, because they want to get into, they want to understand more about culture, because they're really into inscriptions and they really want to impress people when they they're doing, <laughs> they're traveling around Europe, right. you know. But uh, for example, if you don't want to learn Polish but you want to understand something in Poland, there are a lot of lots and <laughs> lots of inscriptions. So and I guarantee. Yeah, and I guarantee that Latin is easier than Polish if you, wow. uh, except if you're like Russian or Czech. But yeah, awesome. Well, it's so cool, man. Uh, thank you so much for coming on again. To uh, yeah, thank you for the invitation. It was very fun. Latin, and uh, I'm sure uh, I'll see you soon somewhere. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm going to Berlin next month, but um, I don't know if you'll be there. Oh no, I'm permanently in Budapest now. So no, no, but I mean traveling, you know. One never knows. One never knows. That's true. No, I'll be in, in New York for October. That's oh, my next oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You, you planning? Or? I would love to. I don't. I don't think I'll have the money. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I, I'm. I'm still. I'm still waiting for some something to come up. I'm. I don't know yet. It but it's expensive for sure. I mean, it's expensive, and I don't know if I'll. Yeah, I don't know if we'll have the time to go there at that at that moment. Exactly. Well, I hope. But I hope. I hope you'll yeah. find the time and the the money for it. Because, uh, and if not, I'll, I'll hope there there will be Latin Latin speakers in New York. <laughs> I mean, they are there are, but in at the conference. Right. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun too. But uh, all right, I'm, I think I'm gonna go stick yeah. my head in the fridge and go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. And thank you so yeah, much. Sure. Thank you. It was it was absolutely amazing. I love speaking about Latin. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Actual Fluency Podcast. 